As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to our home group. My name is Rick Ratter, and I'm so glad that you've let us come right into your space. Tonight, I have my three shepherd staffs because tonight we're going to keep talking to you about pastoral ministry. And tonight we're going to specifically see God's reward for pastors. It's going to be so encouraging. But hey, Denise is with us tonight, and so is Maxime. Welcome, guys. Thank you, Rick. Home group, welcome. We're so glad to be with you. I hope you're enjoying these home groups on shepherding. I am enjoying them so much. And I want to say that if you are a partner with this ministry, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing, how you're praying for us, because God is using your gifts, your prayers, and many people are hearing the Word of God and being changed by it. And together with you, we're touching people all over the world. I just got a report about how many people have been watching the program, the home group in the past week. It is amazing. Family, we're touching a lot of people. And together, we're shepherding people. We're pastoring people. We're bringing them the Word of God. What a privilege to feed the church which is purchased with the blood of Jesus. It's the greatest privilege in the world. Mm. But Maxime, welcome. I'm so happy to be here. And Pastor Rick, Pastor Denise, thank you for coming to Russia and ministering to us, to Russians. And when you teach about pastoring, you know what you're talking about. Well, Maxime, thank you. It's not a that. theory when it comes from you. Well, thank you, Maxime. Denise and I both say thank you for that. Thank you. But hey, we want you to have the free download called Pastoral Ministry. This would be good for anybody, wouldn't it, Denise? Oh, yes. It's even good for parents because if you're a parent, well, you're pastoring, you're taking care of your little children. You're trying to keep them going the right way. You're trying to heal them. You're trying to protect them. I it's think really, it has to do even with parents. It's good for anybody responsible for anybody. Yeah. But particularly if you want to understand pastoral ministry or appreciate your pastor, this would be great for you. Or somebody who's over free. a business. It's free, even for those over yeah. a business. But it's free. You just go to render.org. You can download it right now. And it comes with the study guide. The back of the study guide says, the relationship between you and your pastor according to God's design. Hmm, that's important. What is God's design for your relationship with your pastor? And we're going to really get into that tomorrow night, mm. how to recognize who is supposed to be your pastor? How do you know the voice of your pastor? That's tomorrow night. It's going to really be helpful. But anyway, if you don't have this yet, order it. It'd be great to give as a gift to anybody in the ministry. It would be a super encouragement to your pastor. I can't think of a better gift to give your pastor. And we're also offering my book called Chosen by God. This is the last week that we're going to be offering it. If you have not ordered your copy yet, go online and do it now at renner.org. This book will really encourage you. You're going to find out God chooses unlikely people. He chose me, chose Denise, chose Maxime. He can sure choose you. But tonight we're going to go back to our anchor verse, which is Ephesians chapter 4. Now I've got these three shepherd staffs. 
I have the one that was made for me, even has my initials on it. It's just filled with important emblems. It's got Psalm 91, which I love. I've always spoken it over us and over our kids yes. and over our lives. Yep. It's got serpentine stones from Russia. It's got a bear carved in the top. This was really a precious gift. I love it. And then we have these two, which are from the Southern Caucasus regions of the former Soviet Union. These are real shepherd staffs. And tonight we're talking about pastoral ministry or shepherding ministry, which is really what the Greek word poimen means, which we find in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. So let's go there. It says, and he, the he here is Jesus, and he gave some apostles. The Greek says, indeed. It's almost like Paul says, if you wondered whether this is true or not, get over it. Indeed, it's real. He gave some to be apostles. He gave some, the Greek says, indeed, emphatically. Some, some, not a lot, but some are prophets. And some indeed evangelists. And some indeed pastors, and you understand, some indeed teachers. But the word pastors, we've already seen, it is the Greek word poimen, which is literally the Greek word for a shepherd. And as I told you in last night's home group, it is the same root word for the word feed and the same root word for the word flock. Shepherd, feed, and flock all come from the same root word. And they share the root, which means of what sort or what quantity. And it tells us that part of the shepherd's responsibility is to know how many sheep he has in his flock and to make sure that they're all there. He has a responsibility to number his flock. Now, sometimes people say, well, but David got in trouble in the Old Testament because he numbered the people of Israel. Well, he got in trouble because he was trusting in his numbers, not because he numbered, but because he was trusting in his numbers and not trusting in the Lord. What shepherd doesn't know how many are in his flock? In fact, Jesus gave the story about the shepherd who went searching for the one sheep he left, the 90 and 9, why did he go searching? Because he counted and he figured one wasn't there. He knew how many were supposed to be in his flock. Any shepherd should know how many people he has. Who's there? Who's not there? I'll tell you that by Sunday evening, I already know what is our attendance. I'm already asking, where are people? Why weren't they here? Are they okay? Because I have a responsibility for them. Any shepherd knows who's there and who's not there in his flock. But the word pastor really is the word poimen, the Greek word for a shepherd. And it pictures one who tends, rules, governs, feeds, guards, guides, and protects a flock. But tonight, we're going to see what Peter had to say to people with pastoral responsibility in 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Are you guys ready? Yes. <coughs> and in this verse, Peter says... The elders which are among you I exhort, who also am an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Praise God, one day it's going to be revealed. Verse 2, feed the flock of God which is among you. Denise, there we have it again, over and over and over. We have seen in Ephesians 4.11, we've seen in Ezekiel chapter 34, we saw last night, now we see again tonight, the primary responsibility of a pastor is to feed the flock of God, which is among you. That's verse 2. Taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. And wait, you're going to find out tonight there's something in the Greek text that is not translated in the English text. It's really important. 
Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filky Luther, lucre, but of a ready mind, verse 3, not being the lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock, verse 4, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not mm -hmm. away. Well, let's go back to verse 1, the elders which are among you. The word elders is the Greek word presbyteros. It's where we get the word for the Presbyterian church. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Interesting. But the word elders really depicts in the Old Testament the spiritual representatives of Israel, such as the ruling members of local synagogues or teachers of the law who publicly taught in synagogues. These elders were deemed worthy of honor due to their position and in the New Testament, it pictures those who have legal or spiritual authority or officially appointed church leaders. That's really what the word elders means. And Peter says the elders, those that are designated with spiritual authority as leaders that are among you, I exhort. And guess what? The word exhort is the Greek word parakaleo. The word para means alongside. The word kaleo means to call out to. It's like he's coming right alongside of them as close as he can, and now he's calling out to them. He's really appealing to them heart to heart, one leader speaking to another leader, one pastor speaking to other pastors. And this word exhort is also a military term that was used to really stir people up before they went into battle. Pastoral ministry really is spiritual warfare because you're battling for the souls of people. You're battering for the souls of individuals, the soul of a family, the soul of a city, the soul of a state, the soul of a nation. Pastoral ministry really is spiritual warfare. It is. It is. And now Peter uses this word, exhort the Greek word parakaleo. It's the equivalent of saying, throw your shoulders back, hold your head high, face the battle bravely, one soldier speaking to another soldier, one elder speaking to another elder. I know what you're dealing with. I know the battlefield in front of you. And he said, I exhort you. You can do the job. You can do the job. He says, who also am an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Now look at verse 2. Feed the flock of God which is among you. The word feed, guess what word it is, guys? It is literally the word poimen. It's the word for a pastor. The word feed would literally be better translated pastor, the flock that is among you, shepherd the flock that is among you. But because it is the word poimen, it is a direct command to do the work of a shepherd, which is tending, ruling, governing, feeding, guarding, guiding, and protecting the flock. And notice it says feed the flock, the word flock, is the word poinion. Remember what the word feed is? Poimen. Listen to how similar these words are. They're all from the same root. It is a flock of sheep or it is a local congregation. The pastor's job is to feed the flock. That is his primary task. That's his primary task. And I want to tell you, there's a lot of distractions for pastors to pull him out of the pulpit, to distract his attention from the one thing that will make the biggest difference in the life of his congregation. And a pastor has to determine he's going to stick with his position. It's what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, stay at your post in good times 
in bad times. Don't leave your post. Don't surrender your position. You stay in your position, and from your position, you feed the church of God. That's the primary responsibility of any pastor. He says in this verse, 1 Peter 5, 2, feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. And guess what, Maxine? Taking the oversight again is a Greek word, episkopos. Taking a managerial position, epi, over, skopos, which means to look. Put the two words together, it is taking oversight, looking over something. It describes somebody with a supervisory position, which means the pastor of the church is not supposed to do everything, but ultimately the buck stops with him. He has to administrate, he has to manage, he has to make sure everything is being done, even though he doesn't do it all. A pastor ultimately will be held accountable by God for the general condition of the church. Well, let me help you. This word, taking the oversight, the Greek word episkopos, it's where you get the word episcopalian, the Episcopalian church, but it's really the word for a bishop. Well, what do you think of when you think of a bishop? In fact, you could translate bishoping the church. A bishop is the head of an organization. He's ultimately accountable for what happens in the churches under his care. Now, a bishop can't do everything, but a bishop will be held accountable for the condition of those churches. And a good bishop is watching over the flock. He's watching over the pastors. He's making sure everything's being done. He doesn't do it all, but he's tending. He's ruling. He's guarding. He's guiding. He's protecting. And that's the word that is now used here to describe every single person with pastoral responsibility. God does not expect a pastor to do everything but God does expect him to oversee everything and to accept responsibility for the condition of the flock under his care. It's a very serious word, isn't it, Denise? Very serious. And when I think about I think about the flock, I think about that they're the ones that Jesus shed his blood for and and gave his life for and went to hell for and for him to say to, to you that you're a pastor or you have responsibility or oversight over somebody, this is the most precious, the most precious thing to Jesus <clears throat> ever is his people. And, and for him to give us that honor. Oh, it's an honor. It's a huge honor. And Rick, it's a huge responsibility. Well, Denise, I just have to pick up on that and go into the next part of the verse. That's why Peter goes on and says, not by constraint, but willingly. It's talking about attitude. Mm -hmm. The word constraint is a Greek word which means compulsion, by force, or against your will. Mm. You shouldn't be doing your ministry by compulsion. It shouldn't be against your will. Paul sa and Peter says you need to do it willingly. Willingly. Mm. You, you know, this is a great honor. And you have to embrace it and do it willingly. These are blood-bought people. The word willing mean, means of one's own free will, of one's own free accord. And then here's the insertion in the Greek text, which for some reason is not in the King James Version. I don't know why. When you read the Greek text, it has the word katatheon. The word katatheon is translated according to God. So if you're going to translate this verse correctly, Here's the full deal. I don't know why it's not in the King James Version. 
not by constraint, but willingly according to God, it carries the idea that ultimately the pastor, according to God, he's going to be accountable to God. His attitude has to be according to God. How he serves is according to God. God's got his eyes fixed on the pastor, his attitude, his heart, and he needs to realize everything he is doing ultimately is answerable to God. This is very important to me because I know I'm going to answer to the Lord ultimately for what I do and for the attitude with which I do it. And by the way, that would be true of every one of us, not just mm. pastors. Amen, Maxine. Amen, amen. Hey, let's go on. It says, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Hmm. Filthy lucre. What in the world would that mean? Well, it is a Greek word which means shameful gain. And it pictures a dirty game of cards or dice. Shamefully throwing the dice to make a game, implying that the task is no more than a game to be played for financial gain. Which means, if anyone sees the church as a financial opportunity, they are in the wrong business. This is not a place where you've come to make gain of people. Now, I have seen people in the ministry, I'm not even particularly talking about pastoral ministry, I've just seen people in ministry, in leadership positions, try to figure out how to make a gain of people. I've seen them do things which to me are absolutely dishonorable, finagle ways to get money out of people. It is wrong, and that is what Peter's talking about in this verse. In fact, it's very interesting that when the first deacons are chosen, they have to be men that don't have any kind of covetousness. You know why? Because the deacons in Acts chapter 6 were in charge of the distribution of food. They had the power to decide who got what and who did not. And if they had any ulterior motive, they could have said, give me something a little under the table and I'll provide for you what you need. It was very important that these be men of integrity who don't have money at their core or at the heart of their desire. And now Peter is saying the same thing. Peter's just saying the same thing. He says, not for filthy lucre's sake. These can't be men who say, hey, let's see how we can get something out of them today. They're not throwing a game of dice to see some kind of a gain they can make. But he says, of a ready mind. Of a ready mind. The Greek word prothumos which means to do willingly and enthusiastically. You're mm. serving with a right attitude because you know who you're serving. This is the flock of God himself. And Peter says, you need to do it, katatheon, according to God. Why in the world, Maxine, did they not put that in this translation? Don't know. We are answerable to God. In the way we preach, I preach according to God. In fact, I'm going to tell you, every time I preach, I look in the crowd, I find an empty seat if there is an empty seat, and I just mentally say, all right, Jesus is sitting in that seat today. He's watching me, he's listening to me, he's going to deal with me for what I say, how I say it, how accurately I say it. I've got my mind on Jesus all the time because, first of all, our ministry is not about us, it's about serving people. Secondly, it is a trust that is given to us and we are accountable to God. Katatheon is what the Greek says, according to God in all of this. Denise. 
Uh, Rick, I wanted to go back to that eager mind. Okay. And um, <clears throat> I won't give the name, but there was a very amazing man of God doing a lot of television. But every time he'd go do television, he just had a terrible attitude terrible attitude and he just kept doing this in this terrible attitude and actually it went on for a while but he did it with all his heart but he did it with a terrible attitude because he dreaded it and then the holy ghost spoke to him and he repented and it changed the whole way that he ministered on tv anymore and that attitude in which we serve is so important because Jesus sees our attitude. He sees it Mm -hmm. and he's going to reward us accordingly. Amen. Well, we need to go to the next verse. First Peter five, three, neither as being Lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock being Lords in Greek means, listen to this. It pictures the force of a Lord or a master who completely conquers, masters, squashes, crushes, subdues, defeats, or forces into a humiliating submission. To bring one to his knees in surrender, it is a domineering individual. It pictures a tyrant type of person. Now that doesn't mean that a pastor can't be strong because one of the meanings of the word pastor, the word appointment, is to rule, is to govern. But our job is not to squash people or to manipulate people. That is wrong. No, 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 no. And in fact, we are called to be servant leaders. And when you study the whole teaching of Paul's epistles, Paul always pictures leaders as being under people, not being over people. We're building them up. We're building them up. Even though God has given us authority, Paul says it's not to dominate or tear down, but to build up, to build up. And here Peter says to pastors, includes me and Denise, Maxime, anybody with responsibility for people, we have to remember our job is not to crush people. Our job is to be, he says, examples to the flock. And the word examples is the word tupas. The word tupas is where you get the word for a type. It's something that can be imitated or duplicated, a pattern for others to see and to imitate. Our lives should be something that others would want to replicate. And then when you come to 1 Peter 5, verse 4, Peter says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you will receive a crown of glory that fades not away. Chief shepherd in Greek, are you ready for this? The Greek word, archipoimen, like an archbishop. It's the word archi, arch. Arch shepherd, cool. But here's the word poimen, the arch shepherd. Jesus is the arch shepherd. My friends, Jesus is a shepherd. And he's not just the shepherd. He is the arch shepherd, which means archi, which means he's the top of all the shepherds. He's the one. He's the bishop of the bishops. He's the bishop of the pastors. He's the arch shepherd. And one day he's going to appear. He really is coming, guys. And at that moment, ye shall receive. The word ye here refers to the fellow elders, the fellow pastors. You will receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. That's what is in front of us, Denise, for how we do our ministry. It's all about the future. First of all, we, you, all of us, we're all qualifying for the future. 
When we go to heaven, we're not just going to sit around and waste time. There's going to be a lot of activity in eternity. And what we do in the future depends on how well we do our job now. This is all a period of qualification for the future. But in addition to that, the Bible says specifically pastors, shepherds, if they do their job right as unto God, answerable to God, they're going to receive a crown of glory. The word crown, the word Stephanos. If your name is Stephen or Stephanie, that's where your name comes from. It means crown. But the Bible here says a crown of glory. The word glory is the Greek word doxas, describes something very weighty, something very splendorous. Jesus himself, according to this verse, the arch shepherd, is going to personally place a crown on the heads of every person, every pastor, every person with pastoral responsibility that has done their job well as unto God. And it will be a crown that fadeth not away, which means on that day it will have been worth it all. It will have been worth it all. Amen, Denise. Amen. Amen. It's that, it's a, it's about living for eternity. It's about living for that moment when we see Him, because everything we do here, that's what we're that's what we're going to take to heaven. Is what we did here it won't be our, you know that you can't take your car, you can't take your jewelry, your clothes. You your, can take people. You can take people. You can take what you did for the kingdom of God. What God did through you for his kingdom, and and we, there's going to be crowns, and, and Rick, they're got, never going to fade away. Amen. Maxine? Uh, and this reward for the pastors is well-deserved because being a pastor is one of the hardest work, kinds of work. It's great responsibility, and wow, Jesus is fair. Be sure to go to our website and get the free download, Pastoral Ministry. Everything that we're giving you in these home groups, it's all in the free study guide. What a gift. And the whole series called Pastoral Ministry. It would be a great gift to give to your pastor or anybody who feels a call into the ministry. But hold on, hold on, hold on. Tomorrow night's Friday night. And tomorrow night, we're going to talk about how to know the voice of your pastor. Maybe you're looking for a new church. You've gone to a new city. You're living in a new city. You're trying to find your church and you're visiting one church and you're visiting another church and another church and another church and you just can't figure out what church you're supposed to go to. How do you know the voice of your pastor? That's what we're going to talk about tomorrow night. It's going to be very helpful. It's going to be very helpful. We're going to go to John chapter 10 where Jesus said, the sheep know their shepherd's voice. Wow, it's going to really help you, really helped me. I'll tell you why tomorrow night. But Father, we thank you so much that we could be together for this home group. We thank you for every pastor in the life of every member of our home group. We pray, Lord, that you strengthen the pastor as he strengthens his church. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, if you have a prayer need, we're here for you. Just write us prayer at renner.org or call us one 800 742-5593. Please go to our website and order this material about pastoral ministry. And we'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye.
If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.